0: from away podcast episode
1: 68
0: in this episode I'm pleased to be joined by Wesley James who will join me in conversation and will also bring you an interview with Ryan Noda first baseman and outfielder in the Blue Jays minor league system Welcome back to a new season of the Blue Jays from Away podcast brought to you by the 2018 Toronto Blue Jays Minor League Handbook and the premium content section of Blue Jays from Away. This year's edition features profiles of over 250 players in the Toronto Blue Jays organization, while giving you all of the info you need to follow the Blue Jays Minor Leaguers in action. The premium content section has photos, video, and scouting reports to supplement the profiles. The 2018 Toronto Blue Jays Minor League Handbook and the Blue Jays from Away premium content section. We've got you covered. Now available at the Blue Jays from Away shop and Amazon in format for Kindle and in print. Let's talk about uh, some of the minor leagues. Cool. Uh, minor league stuff because you know that is kind of the point of the vlog although we do like to branch out <laughs> um so you know we're sort of previewing a little bit of of the teams and who is going to end up where and the blue jays have already leaked out that uh Bo and vlad are going to start in double a and i think the, if you look at the fisher cats twitter account they're very excited They just sold some tickets, I think. (laughs) I I think so. I think there's going to be a lot of road trips down there. Um, You know, I have part of a plan to head down there in early May and see them on the road in Binghamton, Um, although that may be another dog and pony show with the Tim Tebow Express uh, starting in Binghamton. Are you going to talk to Tim? um, It would be a possibility. Um, I don't usually go to the... You know, to the other team's clubhouse, but I have in the past. Uh, I interviewed Steven Souza when he was with uh, the Nationals AAA team uh, a few years back. Um, I think he had just been up and down. It was before he um, took a regular spot in an outfield. Um, but, you know, if there's a compelling story on the other side of the field, the other dugout, I sometimes will go there. I'm sure they're inundated with requests for Tebow. Yeah. Uh,
1: talk about selling tickets. Um, they they still think he's gonna make it. Yeah, I think they do. <laughs> Good power, not a lot of OBP, but.
0: Well, you know, again, it's 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 a learning process, and it's a it's a steep curve. And I've always said that baseball has the steepest climb from you know your initial draft into the pros or initial uh, steps into the pros to the major leagues it's like the you know you can't step in like even the most gifted players have to spend time in the minors because there's so much to learn there's so much to work on in in terms of consistency and talent alone you know baseball is the type of game where talent alone can't can't get you to the major leagues and so you know baseball has a very steep learning curve and if Tebow you know, can hold his own in double A, I'd say there's a chance. Great. Well, maybe we can trade
1: for him. Great check for Tebow.
0: <laughs> I think there'll be Tebow maniacs uh, showing up all over in Toronto then. If that happens. <laughs> uh, but Depending,
1: maybe if the tickets don't sell for the end of the season, I mean, then yeah. you never know.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I got to get people in the seats. Uh, gotta pay Vlad's uh, massive two hundred million dollar contract extension that he'll get before he even plays a game in the majors. <laughs> right. Um, so let's talk about the minors. Let's talk about you know Nate Pearson's going to start in Dunedin, which is another thing that I had sort of uh, predicted. Um, but let's let's look at Buffalo. Buffalo is going to be interesting because for the first time, the Blue Jays really are not going out and getting a lot of veteran players to go and stalk the team in Buffalo. Um, you know, you really... Minor league free agents like Albuquerque and, and Tyler uh, Tyler Clippard. Um, but, I, you know, from what I can see, the rotation is going to start with Ryan Barucki. And without Thomas Pannone, you still have Taylor Guerrero. You still have... Um, Biagini. De- Joe Biagini. You have Deck McGuire. Uh, and that's already four, right? You know, so... Uh, Santos is going to the minors, so Santos could be a starter. Chris Rowley could be a starter. Um, so that gives you five or six right there. You know, when you include Biagini. and then your bullpen. is... I mean, you can easily see uh,
1: those guys in a few years. All of them, almost all of them, being in the majors in some way.
0: Well, I think. I think. Almost all of them could step in very quickly. I think, I think Baraki is also one of these guys that, you know, it's great that he's getting a lot of attention, and it's great that he's getting a lot of um, hype for being in top 10s prospect lists. I think he's a number four or five starter um, even within a couple months. So, I you know, I think, you know, Biagini is a great first option in the rotation in case somebody goes down. I think Baraki is number two on that list. Did you hear the?
1: Atkins was being interviewed, and I actually didn't hear this, but a friend told me. And they asked, uh, "What was Biagini's response when he said he, when they told him he wasn't going to make it to Toronto to start the year?" And he was like, "Let's just say it didn't start with a joke."
0: <laughs> well, you know, he, it's good to know he does take something seriously. Yeah, when he
1: doesn't, when he has a bad game, it, it's a really rambling. Interview. It's really interesting. Yeah. He he'll, he'll go on for for quite a while. Yeah. He does take it seriously, so it shows you that he's he is worried about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's yeah. You know, it's their livelihoods. If they're not taking it yeah. seriously, something is is wrong. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna have a really solid bullpen in Buffalo. I mean, we've talked about some of these guys already, but um, one guy that I think may start in Buffalo may not, um, but he may get there is Justin Schaefer. He's a guy I think we need to keep an eye on. He's one of these. Under the radar guys, he's a sinker-slider pitcher. Um, he throw, again, none of these guys throw super hard. He throws in the, the low 90s, um, but he gets a lot of sink on his fastball, especially when he keeps it down in the in the zone. So he's sort of a sleeper guy, and Andrew Case, I think, is going to start in Buffalo. Uh, so good Canadian boy, really nice guy. We're going to send congratulations out to Kaser. Um, he told me when I was down in spring training, he told me that he is expecting a baby with... With his partner, so uh, congratulations to Caser. Congratulations. Um, looking at Buffalo, I think you know a lot of the names we expect to see are going to be there. But again, there's almost no free agents on my list of position players. You know, I think we're going to have Danny Jansen and and uh, Reese McGuire behind the plate. Probably Patrick Cantwell is going to back up. Um, and then we've got Teles, Lopes, Leblabjian, Urania, Guriel probably John Birdie um, on the infield. And then in the outfield, Alford when healthy, Pompey if healthy, Hernandez, Fields, Dwight Smith Jr., possibly Ian Parmley. So, I mean, these are these are guys that are all pretty much homegrown or they've traded for them. Um, I think Buffalo is, is going to be, there's a lot of high potential guys there like Urania and Gurriel. Um, I think for the the folks who may be listening in Buffalo who are you know congrats to Pat Malakara who's taking over for Ben Wagner as the voice of the Bison's um, these guys I think they're they may not be the best team out there but I think they're they're at least going to be young they're going to be hungry they're going to be exciting and good to watch yeah it's going to be go- exciting to go down there and
1: I remember last year at the beginning of the season a lot of people were just coming up through the system and there was a lot of energy for uh and then that changed as the season went on but but uh, it's going to be a cool cool team to watch for sure. One question I had for you. So Leblabijian, they had in Major League camp pretty much the whole time. I think he maybe even had the most at-bats. What do you think they're... There's not obviously... There's no room for him in Toronto. But what do you think they're trying to accomplish with him at this point?
0: I think they're trying to groom him into um, you know, a, a utility guy. I think his bat is probably you know, borderline major league ready, Um, you know, showing what he did, you know, in the last half of the year, last year, he had a phenomenal start, which was great. And and he was almost the whole offense for the first two months. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's such a great guy that, you know, you can't help but want to see him succeed. Um, But his bat, you know, really tapered off and he really, you know, slumped the last couple months of the season that brought his overall numbers down. So, you know, I want to see him post, you know, even even sort of numbers in between his high point and his low point and just stay steady like that for the rest of the year. Because when a guy starts off really well and tails off suddenly, one of two things can happen. One is, or one of two things is the reason for that. Usually... It's either a fluke, you know, that he's just running into balls, getting good luck on where they're landing or pitchers in the league figure him out. And again, it's AAA. These are experienced pitchers for the most part. They know how to find vulnerabilities and they know how to get a scouting report and they're able to execute pitches when they do have that scouting report and they do have that plan. So that's the question. Which one is it? Was it he got really lucky at the beginning of the year and then that luck fell apart, or he was pretty normal at the beginning of the year and then yeah. got unlucky, or you know, pitchers figured him out and he's going to have to make an adjustment.
1: But he was good in New Hampshire the last year as well. They, they brought him up because of his bat, almost. He's always been a good defender, but his, uh, New, his year in New Hampshire was quite good.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was actually more of a split year between Dunedin and New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. He came out, he had a year in, in Dunedin where he was... He was really good in Lansing. Went up to Dunedin and didn't do well at all. And then the next year he went back to Dunedin, came out gangbusters, and then kept it going when he was promoted to Lance uh, promoted to New Hampshire, and that's a great sign. When a guy gets promoted and just keeps hitting, a la Bobichet and Vladimir Guerrero, when a guy gets called up and 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 there is a the difference it,
1: between High A and Double A. Oh, of
0: course. You know that's that's why there are these levels. You know. Uh, um, you know, and some people will argue that the, the jump between advanced A and double A is the biggest in the minors um, outside of basically triple to the, A to the major leagues. Uh, so, you know, we can talk about why that is and, and, you know, maybe another time. But, you know, if you can, especially if you can make the jump midseason and continue the success you had at a lower level... I think that's a good indication that you are um, equal to the challenge and maybe even ready for more.
1: Right. Um, other than um, Vlad and Bo in New Hampshire,
0: who, uh, who stands out with, for you? Uh, pitching wise, a couple of guys really stand out and that would be uh, TJ Zoic and Jordan Romano. Um, I didn't have a chance to see Romano pitch in a game. I saw him throwing in the bullpen. Uh, he looked good. He, he looks like he's really working on his changeup. Um, that third pitch, I was sort of looking at some numbers the other day and noticed, you know, he he does well against right-handed hitters, but lefties hit him much better. And developing that, um, that changeup to throw left-handed hitters, I think is going to be make or break for him, whether he stays in the rotation or moves into the bullpen. Um, TJ Zoik, in the the outing I saw, looked utterly dominant. He he looked like he had, you know, no problems dealing with hitters. I think he threw three innings. Um, It was, I think, on the last day I was down in Florida, so it was about Monday last week. And he just looked, I mean, fierce. He was... You know, I don't want to give the whole scouting report because it's going to go in the premium content section uh, fairly soon. But, you know, he was dominant. He was throwing consistently up to 95. The ball was sinking really well. And, you know, the, the opponents just had, I think they were the Yankees double-A uh, squad. Um, they just, you know, had no answer to him. Um, so pitching-wise, those two guys in the starting rotation, I'm really watching... Uh, we're probably going to have Sean Reed Foley. Uh, John Harris also look pretty good in spring training. Um, he's a guy that I think a lot of people underrate because the tools aren't super loud. Like, he's not throwing 96. He's not, you know, he doesn't have a filthy out pitch, but he's got four decent pitches, and it's just a matter of putting it together and staying out of the middle of the strike zone. Cool. Um, moving down a level, do you want to go to Dunedin? Sure. I want to go. I just, you want to go Dunedin? Dun- should go back. <laughs> Let's go back. Um, Dunedin has some exciting players. I mean, you're going to see Nate Pearson in the rotation there. Patrick Murphy looked phenomenal. And uh, I only saw him in one outing, but I did see somebody else on Twitter, um, tweeting about Murphy and, you know, in a later outing after I'd returned to Toronto, he, I think I can't remember who it was, but they were tweeting. Oh yeah. He, he looks filthy. Um, I think, I think we could see a Barucki-like rise this season from Patrick Murphy. I think he'll spend a couple months in Dunedin, but he could be in Buffalo by the time we're done. Um, especially if he's as poised and as commanding as I saw him. It was him, Pearson, and Zoic were the three most impressive pitching performances I saw in, in, uh, in the spring. Um, so Pearson obviously is going to be fun to watch, so Dunedin people are going to be in for a treat um, so hopefully actually he's he's from that area um, he's from Tampa. Central Florida yeah the right. Tampa area so you know he may be able to double the the attendance at a game if if his friends and family show up um, you know the Dunedin games during the year are not very well attended so there's like 20 people instead of 10 I would say 40 instead of 20 oh there you go yeah no they I mean they averaged about Five or six hundred per game, okay. which is but it's a
1: eight thousand. It's a five thousand seat stadium,
0: um, and just across town, Clearwater averaged about twenty three hundred a game. Mm. Um, so you know Dunedin does not draw well during the season, but um, so maybe you know Nate brings his uh, family and friends, and and they all go to the games in Dunedin, and
1: well, there'll uh, probably be more press there too if if he's pitching now that he's he's kind of the. Uh the new Sundergard Sanchez.
0: I, I uh, yeah, Dunedin's a tough sell for for a lot of fans. But I also think we're going to have some good uh, fielders there. I think Logan Warmoth gets um, skipped over Lansing and starts there. Mm -hmm. Um, Just looking at how how the infield is shaking out, the only other option is Yeltsin Godinho gets everyday reps at shortstop, bumps Warmoth down a level and Kevin Smith um, and Smith gets um, bumped into extended spring training. Um, I really liked what I saw out of Smith, though. Um, and I have a feeling he had a very strong year in Bluefield, and I think the Jays, you know, he's a, he was a college junior when he, he came out into the draft. So I, think, I don't think they want to push him back into extended spring training um, and have him in Vancouver or wherever. He's ready to be extended. He's ready to Yeah, he's ready to, to get a full season yeah. assignment, I think. So that's the big question. I mean, where does uh, Casey Clemens go? Does he go to uh, Lansing or does he go to Dunedin? That's what was a, your guess in the, in the handbook? Um, in the handbook, I think it was Lansing. And in my prediction series of articles, I think it was Lansing. But, you know, he was pretty impressive out there. He could possibly handle... Um, Playing in Dunedin, I think I think it wouldn't be too much of a stretch for him. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Bradley Jones back in action. Mm. He missed a lot of the year last year with a broken hand. I think it, you know it was a virus going around the the hamate bone. Strange injuries um, all and, around. Yeah, and I also really looking forward to Josh Palacios and seeing what he does. Uh, also, probably, probably in Dunedin.
1: Cool. Um,
0: uh, and Lansing should we go to Lansing we should go to Lansing Lansing's a great place to go uh, Jesse Goldberg strassler is a wonderful yeah. host I talked to him uh, yesterday yeah
1: good guy great guy. yeah he is, uh he's he's, uh, he's got a lot of great stories to tell uh, I should have an article up on him soon awesome
0: yeah um, but beyond the the friendly confines of Cooley Law School Stadium and Jesse Goldberg Strassler and the the rest of the awesome people in Lansing. Um, This year, you know, we don't have the hype of the Vlad and Bo um, that we did last year. The pitching last year was, you know, I'll be frank about it, it was pretty bad. The Lansing Lugnuts, I think, had the worst pitching in the league. Um, But in the first half of the season, they had such a good offense that included Bradley Jones, you know, tearing the cover off the ball, Bo, Vlad um josh palacios didn't really start the season hot but they also had uh, jb woodman and they had edward olivares who was traded so you had a phenomenal offense that covered up for the pitching and then once Bowen and vlad were promoted as well as jones it all kind of just you know tapered off and and the team didn't finish as strongly as it started to be politically correct.
1: Well, that's what jo- uh, Jesse said it was the Bradley Jones really the story almost for the first couple of months and then everyone was like, well, "Oh wow, these guys, they're these are insane batting averages and they're not going down." So then Bo Bow and Vlad became the story quite quickly.
0: Yeah, um this year I think the pitching is going to be You know, Lansing was the team that I had the hardest time prognosticating who would end up there. Because there's a lot of guys who either, in my mind, didn't pitch their way out of Lansing, and a lot of guys who um, I think are very deserving of a promotion from either Vancouver or Bluefield. So you've got a list of guys like... um, I mean, Dalton Rodriguez, I think, may be considered more of a bullpen guy now. Um, but Jensi Diaz, Randy Pondler, who was the Pitcher of the Year in the Appalachian League last year. Jose Espada, who was pitching in Vancouver. Jose Nunez, who can throw 97 and was pitching you know, as a starter in blue, in sorry Vancouver. Maximo Castillo, who was very good in bluefield. Danny Jimenez, who looked to me like the, the Blue Jays were stretching him out to start. In spring training, he threw three innings, um, but he could be very, um, inconsistent even, you know, from inning to inning and pitch to pitch. So he may be, he may be in Lansing as a starter, but I don't know how successful he's going to be. He's got a lot of things to work on. Um, they told me that Zach Logue and Matt Shannon were both not going to be ready to start the season, um. And uh, I think Colton Laws as well may may be kind of on the shelf. Um, is there a sleeper at Lansing that you think? Of? I think I think Jimenez is a sleeper. People tell me really good things about Graham Spraker. Graham Spraker, I've heard, is throws up to about ninety seven. He may be more of a bullpen arm. Ty Tice is another bullpen arm that we saw in the major league spring training. Mm-hmm. Spraker is working his way back from a minor injury. Um, I saw him throw a bullpen on my last day in Lansing, not in Lansing. I saw him throw a bullpen on my last day in Dunedin. Um, Ty Tice is a guy I really you should really watch. He's a smaller guy, but he throws 93-94. three, ninety four. He's got really good movement on his pitches. He's got a nice slider. Um, dark horse to make the lugnuts at some point this year, but probably not out of the gate is Emerson Jimenez. Emerson Jimenez is a converted infielder who throws in the high 90s and was dominant in the Gulf Coast League last year in his first year of pitching. Um, I think he was released by the Colorado organization early in the year, I think around May, and the Blue Jays picked him up and said, okay, let's see what you got as a pitcher. Sent him to the GCL. Sent him, but he was in double A before and he went down to the GCL and he was lights out. He struck out. I think like 13 guys per nine innings and it um, was really effective. Um, I think on the, the hitting side, it's going to be an interesting team. I think Riley Adams is going to catch and he's, you know, big, tall guy, very sort of lean frame. I think he's got some things to figure out in his swing because there's a lot of moving parts there. Um, but you're also going to have David Jacob who hit well in a limited amount last year. I think Cullen Large is a guy to watch. Um, I hope he gets a little stronger, because right now I don't think he has the power to really get to the majors and be an everyday player there. How old is he? I think he's 22. He's a gap-to-gap guy. He's a college junior coming out. But he's got really good bat-to-ball skills. You know, he's one of the guys that when I'd watch him, both in games and in batting practice makes contact really regularly, really solidly, hits long line drives. Um, So he's a guy that I find really interesting. I think Samad Taylor, who came over in the um, Joe Smith trade, may start in Lansing. Uh, He's sort of a spark plug type guy, and people say he's got sneaky pop. Um, And finally, I mean, the outfield, there are a lot of really exciting guys there. I think Ryan Noda is going to play a fair bit of outfield, you know, he was the MVP for the Appalachian League. Um, he had an OBP over 500 last year. Very patient at the plate. You've got um, McGregory Contreras, who is an exciting young player. You've got Reggie Pruitt, who made a lot of strides in Vancouver towards the end of the year last year. Chavez Young was really good in Bluefield and then came up and really helped the Vancouver Canadians in the playoffs. So and and you'd see, you know, a college outfielder Brock Lundquist as well, I think. So I think there are some very good players on the hitting side of it. Pitching for me is more of a question mark. There's potential there. There are some guys um we may see uh Justin Dillon who is another guy they selected last year out of college in that rotation. I'm not sure. I I really have a lot of questions about the rotation. We'll have to see, you know, a month or two into the season. And, and it may be that the group of guys in Lansing who starts the season there, it's not going to be about how well they do at the beginning of the season. It's going to be about how far they've come and what they can do at the end of the season. Right. Uh, Vancouver? I don't get that far. You don't get that far? Okay, I don't cool. get that far. I'm not, I you know, because that season doesn't start for a few months, um, I, I don't... Try to prognosticate who's going to start. Where mainly because you're going to have a big group of guys who get drafted, uh, right? College right. guys, college free agents. We'll see what happens with those guys. Talk about it in June. Yeah, we we'll talk about it in June. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. All right. So, anything else you want to talk about? Um.
1: Well, I have. Uh, I'm doing this writing this series of articles right now on the each team in the minor, minor league system. Uh, and I, uh, I talked to Jesse Goldberg Strassler in um, Lansing yesterday. And I also talked to a guy who used to be the GM for the Medicine Hat Blue Jays uh, in the early 2000s before they, they changed affiliations and went to the Appalachian League. Uh, and uh, so I have those articles coming out relatively soon, hopefully. Um, so uh, that's basically all I got.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to reading them. Uh, You know, I really liked your your articles on the the, uh, Dominican Summer League Blue Jays and the Gulf Coast League Blue Jays. So I'm looking forward to to reading what you got to say about rookie ball and and Lansing. Um, Yeah, we've got the the Minor League Handbook is out. So you can, you know, take a look at that on the website. We're at www.bluejaysfromaway.com. And if you put the backslash there, followed by handbook, you'll get to the the handbook page if you put backslash premium dash content you'll get to our premium content page and you can see all of our scouting reports um and all of our exclusive stuff we've got some video a little bit coming up from this year's spring training we've got some video of nate pearson um who you also interviewed also interviewed we'll have a, an interview in the next few weeks um and so there's lots of stuff coming at blue jays from away um you can follow us on Twitter at Jays from away.
1: Uh and at Wesley J Baseball.
0: And we also have, you know Emily who writes for us as well. She's a little far away to do these podcasts, but uh, uh, you can follow her at Jay's Girl Emily. So follow us. We've got lots of content, lots of stuff, the minor league handbook, the best investment in, in baseball for your how much is it this year? It's the same price as it was last year. That's great. Um, the handbook on its own as a PDF is eleven ninety nine Canadian, and for the premium content section, if you want one year subscription, sixteen ninety nine, and that includes a copy of the Minor League Handbook. And if you go to Amazon, you can get the ebook there, or you can get the print book, which is only going to cost you twenty four ninety nine. It's almost six hundred pages long, and uh, the longest manual that you've written i think so i think we've only done the print book this is our third year and it's the longest one but you know because we're doing it on amazon this year we're actually able to get the cost down so it's actually five dollars cheaper than it was last year at uh the at lulu.com which was where we were doing the print book uh before so an even better deal you get more book for less money uh 24.99 at amazon look for it, the, the 2018 Toronto Blue Jays Minor League Handbook. Great.
1: And uh, beyond players, you also have inter- a few interviews with uh, with uh, some radio personalities in it and some other interesting tidbits, so definitely check it out.
0: Yeah, there we do have some Q&As with uh, Jesse. We have a QA and a with Jim Terabokia, who's the uh, play-by-play guy for Dunedin. We have an, a QA and a with uh, Bob Lipman from the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, And we talked to Neil O'Donoghue, who writes, uh, let me get the website, C's Plus Baseball, I believe it is. Uh, C's Plus is a Vancouver Canadians uh, blog and he has some great chats uh, with some of the players, like really in-depth. He gets a lot of great stuff. So check out his site. I think it's uh, SeasPlusBaseball.com or .ca, one of the two. But check out Neil's work there because it's fantastic. Great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on. The gate is narrow and world cold you raise up your hands. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm joined by Ryan Noda, the the Appalachian League Player of the Year and a Minor League Player in the Blue Jays organization. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan.
2: Uh, thanks for having me, Mike.
0: So we'll start with, with today. I mean, today you were over at Big League Camp. You got into the game in Clearwater. What was that experience like for
2: you? I um, you know, mean, um, it was a blessing, um, of course. And uh, I just want to thank uh, Blue Jays for the opportunity. And uh, it's always fun, you know, going to meet the Big League guys, you uh, just watching them and learning from them and uh, just picking up the little things that uh, you can grow on um, as a player.
0: Now, I was over here at the minor league camp, so I didn't see what happened, but uh, I know you played mostly first base last year, but also you played a lot of outfield in college. Where did you play when you got into the game today?
2: Uh, Today I played first. Um, They put me there. Um, I'm really comfortable in both positions, but... uh, second big league game and uh second time at first so it was nice
0: great and uh so why don't you tell us a little bit about you know your off season how you were preparing for this year what you did to get away from the game
2: um you know um went to california um trained and uh kind of got out of the cold um coming from illinois gets a little cold in the winters uh you know i watch a lot of basketball big basketball fan that's how i kind of get away from uh just thinking about baseball all the time, which is hard.
0: So, Illinois, you're you're from Chicago. Are you a Bulls fan?
2: Yes, big Bulls fan, big Bulls fan.
0: So what's the, the current team doing? Like, obviously, you know, there was the great era of the, the Jordan era, about, but what's going on now
2: with the Bulls? Uh, Bulls are uh, in a rebuilding year. Um, you know, we got a bunch of young guys, and hopefully in a couple of years they grow, just kind of like what I'm doing. And uh, you know, become back to the championship uh, years when uh, Jordan was there and Pippen, and you know, when they just couldn't lose. Now, if I if
0: I remember correctly, you went to University of Cincinnati. Uh, what was the experience like there? What made you choose Cincinnati for your college baseball?
2: Um, the campus was beautiful. Um, it struck me right away. Um, got there, didn't know too much about it, um, but learned. Um, tour was beautiful. And uh, the facilities, baseball-wise, were top-notch. And uh, growing up, I just wanted to play at you know, the best facilities and a program that would uh, help me reach my dreams.
0: And what do you think you learned from your experience at Cincinnati?
2: I learned how to handle the good and the bad, um, which is huge in this game. And uh, once you figure that out, I think um, the game slows down and you start to see things in the bigger picture.
0: And, you know, you said handle the good and the bad. Did you have times where you struggled? Did you have – and if you did, how did you deal with that?
2: Uh, Yeah, all baseball players struggle at times. And, uh, you know, I dealt with it by, uh, you know, just growing and uh, talking to my coaches, players, um, families really big um, when you go through the little struggles.
0: And then after Cincinnati, you were drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, What was your draft experience like? Did you have other teams contacting you? Uh, What were you doing on draft day? You know, tell us a little bit about what your experience
2: was. Actually, on draft day, I was uh, at my little sister's softball game. Um, She was playing in the professional softball um, facility in Chicago. So uh, I didn't want to miss that for her. And I was there and... You know, I was blessed with uh, the opportunity to get picked by the Blue Jays and uh, never looking back now.
0: Now, was it ever really a big decision to, whether you are going to go back to school or once you got drafted, you knew that it was going to be uh, professional all the way?
2: I, once I got drafted, I knew that it was going to be um, professional um, all the way. I just wanted a, a change. Um, I felt like I was mentally prepared. For um, my next journey,
0: and after you signed, you were probably flown down to Dunedin pretty quick, and uh, you signed your contract. What'd you find out when you learned you were going to go to Bluefield?
2: I was excited. Um, it didn't matter where yeah. I went. I just was excited to play baseball again. Um, at that time, I was probably haven't played in a month, so I was ready to get back at it. And what was
0: your experience like in Bluefield? I mean, aside from the on the field stuff, which we'll get to in a second, but when you were playing in Bluefield, uh, you know, what was the experience of the
2: environment, the, you know, the town, the the team? It was great. Uh, Team was great. Um, I found uh, friends that, um, you know, you can't really find out there. um, And I'm blessed for that. Um, Bluefield was great. Um, Small town, um, really opened your eyes and uh ate at Applebee's
0: a ton so that's quality cuisine for for Bluefield West Virginia isn't it
2: oh yeah oh yeah that and uh you know having uh host families that help out um that was great too um some home-cooked meals are always good once in a while
0: all right so you had a a fantastic year on the field um for a time you were hitting over 400 you had a a on base percentage over 500 for a time. what was that, you know, what we, what do you go through as a hitter when you, you seem to be just in that much of a groove for that long?
2: Um, when you're in that much of a groove, you really try to just help your teammates out because it's a team game, and when you're feeling good, you want to spread the, the wealth, as I would say, and uh, going through that time, you know, shut up to the field, same person on and off the field, and just... Uh, tried making the team better and it worked out pretty well
0: Now I noticed that after after a certain point in the season you kept taking a lot of walks but it seemed like you weren't hitting quite as much and what I want to know is were the pitchers starting to avoid you because it's not a big league right? you're going to see a lot of the same teams over again did you find that there was a point where the pitchers stopped giving you much to hit
2: yeah um, You know, when you're in a groove, um, anything they throw somewhere over the plate, you're gonna hit it pretty well. And uh, I've noticed that throughout times, um, they were trying to, you know, get me to chase. And I just said, you know, I'm gonna stick to my approach and do what I have been doing the whole year. I'm helping my team out and, you know, it worked out pretty well for most part.
0: Now the Bluefield Blue Jays got to the playoffs. but you didn't get beyond the first round, you know what was that like and you know did, was it a disappointment when you couldn't make it to the finals?
2: Oh yeah, it was a disappointment um we were we felt like and we knew that we were the best team in that league, and we had all the tangibles to win it all. It's just uh, just wasn't our day when it came down to that third game, and um, you know we all battled, and I loved the team that we had and you know sometimes you just don't come out with the win and you know your
0: the team was also pretty stacked i think but especially you know you had some great pitchers out of the bullpen you also had uh the pitcher of the year for for the appalachian league and randy pondler Uh, what was it like knowing that you had guys who could go out on the mound and, and shut down the other team as well
2: in baseball pitching is everything um when you can pitch it, you always have a chance of winning ball games. And uh, our our pitching staff was a huge part of our success in Bluefield. Um, when it comes to starters and relievers, um, it was just we built off them um, as hitters, and it was just great. Well, now
0: that we're back into spring training and everything's going well, you know, what do you think you've learned so far in spring training about um, you know your game, your your abilities, and especially because this is your first professional spring training as well, you know what are you going to take with you into the season from the spring training that you've had?
2: Just going to take uh, my relaxed and uh, you know go get it attitude. Um, you know, always trying to be a leader on and off the field, and trying to help the team as best as I can. Um, I'm always going to give a hundred percent. And I have um, figured out here in spring training that if you do the little things, everything else falls in place. All right. Well,
0: we're going to wish you the best of luck for you and the little things that you're doing. And uh, have a great season. That's Ryan Noda, first baseman, outfielder sometimes for the Toronto Blue Jays minor league system. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me that's all for episode number 68 of the blue jays from away podcast on behalf of my co-host wesley james i'd like to thank ryan Noda for joining us and thank you for listening come on back soon and go jays go